guys. Um, I want to just pray over our, uh, our offering this morning. Uh, a couple notes uh, on offering. Uh, one, uh, just to, just the way the dates fall this year, the last Sunday to give to make sure your offering is counted for 2020 tax purposes is December 27th. So it has to be to the church by December 27th. Uh, that's when we process it and we do our deposits and stuff. So it's not technically by the 31st, although that would make sense, but it's not. We really need it by that last Sunday uh, for us to be able to do that. And of course, you can give uh, multiple ways. You can give online, off our website. You can text to give at 84321. Please note that those also, if you try to do text to give on the 27th, it takes multiple days, sometimes a week and a half until it processes. So again, if you're doing text to give, you want to do that sooner. Uh, if you're giving just by you know, cash or check by the 27th, uh, would be preferred. Uh, I have a scripture for offering here this morning out of Luke 6. And I'm going to read verse 37 and 38 uh, collectively here. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And so for me, as I look at that scripture and I read it, it's interesting. The first two are, don't do this, lest this happens. So judge not, condemn not. Yet then also over here it says, forgive and give. Sounds like Christmas, right? Forgiving because what Jesus has done for us and giving and sharing and, and being just totally trusting in him and who he is. And when we do that, what happens? That's, oh my gosh, what happens is the blessings of the Lord. Pressed down, good measure, shaken together, running over. Sounds like a place that I want to be at in my life, no matter where the circumstance, whether it's my finances, my relationships, no matter what it is. So I'm just, we just want to trust in him for everything that we have. And I got to give Chet, where's Chet? Chet, I got to give him the credit for this analogy. He, we were talking about this in the prayer as we were praying this morning. And we were talking about how some of us really like the new fancy cars, that kind of correct us when we go out of the way, and they give us a when we're going off the road, or they do the automatic braking. And some of us don't like those things. Like, what is this? I don't want this to control my driving. I want to be in my own control. But what Chet ended up saying, which was so good, when we walk with the Lord in every area of our life, he has us. He is driving with us. He is the one who gives a little rumble strips when we start veering off to the right or to the left. Or if there's something that we're coming at full speed ahead of us and God sees it coming, he is helping us put on the brakes. Now we have to be obedient and we have to listen to his voice and hear the Holy Spirit speak to us. But isn't it so good to have a God who co-pilots with us, amen, who helps us wherever we go, no matter what the situation is, amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today. Thank you for every gift, Father. We thank you for each family represented here and online today. Father, we ask that you just continue, Father God, to just bless us abundantly for how goodness, your goodness and how good you are to us, Lord. Father, you are so faithful. You are worthy to be praised. And Father, we lift up each family here today. Father, we say have your way in our lives, in our finances, in our relationships in our jobs, Father God. We trust in you. And Father, bless this message this morning. Father, speak to our hearts what you want us to hear today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, open your Bibles this morning.
to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, towards the back. 2 Timothy. We're going to be reading a verse out of chapter 1. Actually, two verses. We're going to read verse 6 and 7 together. So a couple weeks ago, I had a 10-point sermon. I think last week I had a six-point sermon. I'm feeling like this is around the three-point sermon Sunday. Okay, by, Chris, by the Christmas service, I'll get to the one point, which would be Jesus and Jesus alone. Now, Jesus is always a point in every message, amen? So no matter what happens, you can always walk away knowing that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is one of the points of the message. And today is no different. Jesus is part of the message, amen? All right, 2 Timothy 1, starting in verse 6, it says, Therefore... I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I'm going to get back to this scripture in just a minute. But what I want to do just for a minute is this is kind of the last week of our vision casting series. I wanted to kind of end the year post-election and getting ready to go to next year. Uh, next week we'll start talking about comfort and joy and the Christmas series that we have for the next couple weeks. But I wanted to just do a quick recap of the vision for ECF Church and where we're headed. And then I want to share with you a dream that I had years ago, actually, years ago. And the more I go back and read it, it's actually in April of 2017, the more I go back and read it, the more I realize how relevant and more relevant it is becoming day in and day out. Not just for me personally, but for this church and how it ties into the vision. And then I'm going to tie all of that into the scripture that we just read because it has everything to do with that scripture and the future of our lives and of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. So Sam, if you want to put that slide up there for me. So this is kind of the vision slide that I've been preaching on and teaching on. I've been using the we are Penn State analogy, but we are Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We are planted in Erie. We are Christians. We are followers of Christ. We are a fellowship, just what Liz was saying, gathered together, fellowshipping together, involved in each other's lives. And we are a church. We are the church. The people here are the church, not the building. If you haven't noticed, not the building, but it's us. We are the church called to do God's work in our life. We said that we are a family church. What do we mean by that? We're a family church. It is our culture of love, of forgiveness, of nurture, of development, of helping one another. All ages coming together and worshiping together. No matter how old you are or how young you are, you're welcome here and you belong here. We are reaching one million souls. We are reaching one million souls for Jesus Christ in northwest Pennsylvania. And I went through and added up all the counties that I believe that we will be reaching somehow, some way, through partnership, through whatever, however it is, and it adds up to almost exactly a million. I know population moves back and forth, but it was amazing to me that it reached a million because the church was founded on reaching one million souls for Jesus Christ. And he continues to pour vision into this church, God does, as we begin to move forward. And then we start seeing the two major highways, Route 90 across and then Route 79 going down. When you add up all those counties, it goes to a million. And we said that 
This vision can only happen by prayer, partnership, and participation. I can't do it. Liz can't do it. The Ackermans can't do it. The Johnsons can't do it. The Kidders can't do it. But together, collectively, we can do it. Together, collectively, we can do it. And we've talked about this one reaching one. Each of us reaching the one that God has put in front of us. And you see this momentum begin to happen as one is reaching one. And how, what do we see when one is reaching one? We are seeing the lost be saved. We are seeing the sick be healed. We are seeing lives be transformed. And we are seeing families thriving when one is reaching one. This is not about Jason and Liz. This is not about anything, but it's each of us doing what God has called us to go do. And you say, well, what is the exact strategy for this ministry or that ministry? We will be Holy Spirit-led. We've said that from the beginning. Last week I talked specifically about kids' ministry. But we will be Holy Spirit-led. But what happens is this multiplication factor when one is just reaching one. And it's not about Erie Christian Fellowship Church. It's about Jesus Christ. And it's about changing Northwest Pennsylvania with the gospel message. It's about reaching those people collectively together one person at a time. That is the strategy. That's it. That's the strategy. Okay, it's, I mean, you're like, well, what about, what, what program, what system, what book will you have us all read? Well, the Bible, and one reaching one. That is how we're going to reach a million souls. It's not by a tent ministry, it's not by a big this ministry or that ministry, it's by each and every one of us collectively reaching the one that God has put in front of us. And it may be, you may be called to reach just one. But you may be called to reach a hundred as that one reaches another one or reaches another one. That's how this is going to work. This is what discipleship is. This is not something new. I'm not making this up. It's all in the Bible. It's how the original church operated, and I believe it is what God is calling today's church to operate in. And word after word, prophecy after prophecy, prophetic word after word, all is saying the same thing about the church in the United States of America calling us back to God's original intent for the church, which is the people, which is breaking bread together, which is the fellowship of the saints, which is relationship and coming together. And I am not surprised that the enemy is trying to separate us. I am not surprised. If this is where the church is going, or should we be shocked that there are orders to telling us to stay home and not to gather with anybody? I mean, guys, come on. I mean, think of this is where the enemy will use whatever. I'm not saying the government is the enemy. Don't get me wrong. Shut down the Facebook site. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is, is that the enemy has strategies to divide and to isolate. That's, his, that's, the, that's the enemy's strategy. So we have to be very careful about being completely isolated all by ourselves, never connecting with anybody else. Because the Bible clearly says we do not operate that way. And nor should we operate that way. So let me tell you about a dream that I had a couple years ago. This was in April 2017. And I don't know if I've told this maybe a couple different times. I don't think I shared the full dream here. And I'm just going to kind of read it so I don't mess any of it up uh, on, on how it happened. But I write these things down actually on my phone in a note 
And I always get nervous that the note's gonna like get deleted or disappear. And so I back up the note in this place, then I email myself the note, and then I archive the email. Because I don't want everyone to lose what God has spoken to me and has told me over the past decade. I started this 10 years ago. And it's note after note of God said this, this person's spoken to my life, here's a word of encouragement. And if I'd encourage each of you to do that, because when you do it, you see what God is doing in your life, how he's weaving and putting together just the plan and purpose for you in your life and what he's asking of you and his encouragement to you. So I go back often and read it. And recently I went back and I was thinking about this vision series. And here I want to re- just read to you as it was, as I wrote it down the day after it happened. This was three and a half years ago. I had a dream while I was sleeping. I was in a big city. Everybody went to this show. It was extremely popular, and everyone was excited. A man came. He was doing cool things. He was calling people out, giving them prizes and gifts. Some of the prizes were money. Some were food. But every gift was actually meant to cause the person harm. People were getting sick. They were dying. No one saw what was happening except for me. I started to help people. I ran over them, to them, adults and kids. I prayed for them. I commanded them to get up and walk, and I saw them healed. I helped them back to their room, which was the place where they were supposed to be or where they needed to be. Then I went back over and over, and I did this time and time again. And when I went back in, this evil man who was presenting all of these worldly things for people to enjoy that actually was meant for harm and killing them, as this evil man got close to me, he refused to look at me. I called at him, but he wouldn't look at me. And I reached out, and I touched his shoulder. And as my hand grazed his body, he shuddered and ran away. He had helpers who were in the audience, but they also refused to look at me. When I would look at them, they would quickly look away. They wouldn't come anywhere near me. My interpretation was this. People are being deceived by the enemy. He is promising them wealth, things of this world, and they're falling into this trap. People are sick, they're sad, and they're dying. Someone... Someone, not just me, someone needs to tell people and make them aware of what is happening. Someone needs to tell them, show them the plans that the enemy has, and reveal to them the good plans that God has for them. Plans for life, for health, for healing, and for victory. And when I went back and read this recently as I was preparing, I noticed it was one reaching one. I wasn't up there at the stage at the big conference preaching about Jesus. I was out there where the people were, where they were hurting, where they were struggling. I was out with them, and I was seeing what was happening, and I was praying for them. I had a boldness that came over me that is not natural to my personality. Even though you see me up here, this is not my natural personality. Believe it or not, this is God, his anointing on me to do this job. Because without it, I cannot do it. Okay? And without the anointing, you cannot do what he has called you to go do. 
And it might, as I read it again, I've been three and a half years, as I read it again, I just pictured each person in our church. One reaching one, you going out and seeing that person who was hurt, lost, sick, lives saved, lives transformed, families thriving, the sick healed. And I saw each of us doing this, not just me. And seeing people's lives completely, totally changed forever. And then I saw those people then going, picking up and doing the same thing. Saying, you know what God has done for me? Let me tell you my testimony. Look what God has done for me. And I saw this over and over. And I truly believe that that is how we reached Northwest Pennsylvania. I love kids. It is not by a massive kids ministry that we are gonna, we're going to reach Northwest Pennsylvania. It's not by a big tent evangelist meeting that we're going to reach Northwest Pennsylvania. We, as Erie Christian Fellowship Church, will reach one person at a time. One reaching one. That's our strategy. Like it or not, that's where we're going. That's what we're going to go do. And so let me tie it back to the scripture from this morning that I already read. I want to read it again. Here we go. Verse, uh, 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift. Church, stir up the gift of God, which is what? In you. The gifts are in you. You already have the gifts God's given you. They are in you. Through the laying on of hands. Verse 7, for God has not given. Look, we're talking about Christmas. It's Christmas time. We're talking about gifts and giving. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He has not given it to you. It is not from him. It is not of him. And if you look at the interpretation of that word, you know it doesn't mean the fear in the sense of that we think of where like I'm afraid. It actually means intimidation. It actually means intimidation. It's saying that God has not given you a spirit of intimidation. Means we don't have to be timid. If we feel a sense of being timid, it is not from God. This timidity that I have battled and struggled with and, and I'm working through, just to be honest, I continue to work through fear of man, fear of failure. It leads us to be timid and not do some of the things that God has called us to do. Some of the things that he is asking us to go do. Like come here and ask for somebody to pray for us when in our hearts that's not really what we wanted to go do. But he's given us a boldness, Leanne, a boldness, which is what you did this morning. You didn't know I was preaching on this, but you did it. And it's a testimony that God is moving in our hearts. And if you notice what this is, this is a spirit of intimidation. This is a spirit. So guess what? It's not, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to do this and do this and do this and do this to break this spirit of intimidation. No. We are going to take authority of it. We're going to take authority over it, and we're going to do that this morning, and we are going to break intimidation that is in our lives. We're going to do that this morning. We're going to do it for those who are online. We are going to break the spirit of intimidation. And it's not by trying harder, but it's by taking the authority that God has given us. So this morning, I want to stir up those gifts. I want to show us that he has not given us the spirit of fear or intimidation, but what? of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So first of all, if you think of stirring up, that word there means to fan the flame, 
I mean, you know, when this was written, right, there's things where I don't think anybody has their embers in their fireplace, right? Now it's we, we click the button and the fireplace turns on. Right? How many have the automatic fireplace now? You hit the button and things turn on for us. It's real easy. But before, when the fire was, you know, kindling and you went to the back the next morning, you had to fan that flame. You had to add some air to it. What this is saying is the gift is already there. The gifts are already planted by the Holy Spirit on the inside. We don't have to be timid about using them. We have to have a boldness that can only come from God. And he's asking us to stir up the gifts. We want to reach a million souls for Jesus Christ. We have to, each and every one of you have to stir up your gifts. Or we don't get there. We, each and every one of us have to stir up those gifts. Fan that flame. The gifts that they're talking about there... It's the, the Greek word is uh, charisma, but it's a miraculous faculty. A miraculous thing. These gifts are not, it's not of you. I'm sorry, it's not of you. It's God's gifts to you and for you to use for his goodwill, for his pleasure, not for your own. A miraculous faculty, I love that. Something from God. Of course, he was talking to Timothy because we're reading that, but God has given each and every one of us gifts and strengths that he wants us to use. So if he's given us this, there must be some things that he hasn't given us, and he hasn't given us this spirit of fear or intimidation. I've already mentioned that this comes from the enemy. We are bombarded day in and day out with statements of fear from the media, statements of intimidation, can't do this, don't do that, be careful of that. Fear comes, intimidation comes, listen to this, from believing things that are not aligned with God's word. Fear comes from believing things that are not aligned with God's word. Because if we begin to immerse ourselves into this word and understand the promises of God and and what he is able to do and protect and to show us the things that we need to do and give us the words to say when we need to say them, we don't have to be in fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear. He tells us to fear not, fear not, fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. We need to be careful with what we put in I'm going to get to that in a minute. Here's the key point that I see for this, this message. And I'll give you the three, point, the three things that God has given us. Here's the key point. If we are walking in fear, or if we are walking in intimidation, we are blocking the next three gifts in this verse from fully being realized in our life. If you are walking in fear and in intimidation, you, we are blocking the gifts that God has in store for us, which is power and love and a sound mind. You see, those are completely opposite. You cannot operate in fear and intimidation and then also operate with power and with love and with a sound mind. You can't operate in both areas at the same time. We may try and it feels like we're going back and forth, but we have to truly take the spirit of fear and intimidation and just say it needs to be eliminated from my life. We need to cast it out of our life, and then we need to begin to walk day in and day out with power, with love, and with a sound mind. So I say we need a new filter. We need a faith filter here. No longer a fear filter, but we need a faith filter. Faith, very much as opposite people have said, is the opposite of fear. It's believing God is who he says he is, 
and will do what he says he will do. So if God has not given you the spirit of intimidation, then don't receive it. Don't put it on like a badge of honor. Don't wear it day in and day out. He tells us to put off the old man. That's old stuff. And this is a battle. I get it. It's not like it's just, this is not easy. This is a battle we got to fight. We want to take authority this morning and fight that battle. We have to believe he will do what he says he will do, which he is faithful, he is good, he is just. He's our healer. He's our provider. He's the one who provides us the power, the love, and of the sound mind. We know that faith comes, verse, in Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We want to put a different filter on, then we need to be filtering what the inputs that are coming in to our life. We have to be hearing and hearing the word of God. We must be growing in our faith. We must be listening to the word, reading the word, hearing testimonies, sharing testimonies. The result is that when we walk in faith, and we put aside and take authority over that spirit of intimidation and fear, we begin to operate in the gifts that God has given us, which is power and love and a sound mind. So what is this power? What does it look like? It happens to be dunamis power, which of course is like, you know, one of my favorite words in the Bible, Ryan, right? You know that. Ryan's always asking me, man, dunamis power. You said it again on Sunday. I love dunamis power. This is the type of power that only comes from God. It's miraculous working power. It's the power to be able to do what you cannot do in your own strength. I cannot do this in my own strength. It's only by his power on me and through me that I'm able to do this. Just like we collectively as a church, the only way we reach a million souls for Jesus Christ is by his dunamis power at operation through us. He has given us this power to take the authority. I, I love, Paul listed that first. Because what he's saying is you cannot walk in fear and intimidation, but you have to walk in this power. So the first one is power. Before we get to love and before we get to a sound mind. So we have to take that power and walk back to the beginning of that scripture and say, this power is going to strike down and take rid of this intimidation that's over here. Do you see that? See how this verse is, I tell you, the way they structure these verses is awesome. And it's that way in the original text as well. It's taking this power and saying, I am going to use God's dunamis power to break the spirit of fear and intimidation in my life so that I can walk in that power and that I can then walk in love and that I can walk in then with a sound mind, able to discern, able to see situations and call them out for what they really are, able to be able to walk through situations. They'd be like, how is that person able to walk through that anymore? How is it even possible? It's because God has given us that sound mind. Only because of him. So this power is the ability to take authority over sin, over sickness, over the enemy. There's scriptures here, you can look at them up later, Romans 6.14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Over sickness, 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sin. This is because of what he did. Look at this. Both of This is not because of what you did. It's because of what he did. It's us receiving this gift from God and being able to walk in it. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Past tense, done. 
So how do we operate in this power? This would probably be a whole separate message. But I have seven ways that you can uh, uh, have authority and rule and reign in life. I'm not going to give you all those. Maybe I'll go through them next, next week. But we have to decide to do it. We have to decide to do it. We have to decide. So you know what, Lord? I'm tired of walking in fear and intimidation. And I'm ready to take the authority that you have given me over that to be able to walk in this freedom, to walk in this power and in this love and of a sound mind. And then the second one here, so the first one he's given us power. Second one he's given us love. I, I, every time I see love in the Bible, it's like they, God puts in like a love sandwich. It's always like right in the middle. Right in 1 Corinthians, if you remember that, he's talking about the gifts. Then he talks about love. Then he talks about the gifts again. It's like this love sandwich. Love is at the center of it all. Jesus Christ is at the center of it, of it all. He was love in the flesh. He is at the center of it all. But we have to break this intimidation, this fear, with the power that God has given us so that we can walk in love. And it's interesting, this love here is not a love like Liz and I have, or that I have with my kids. The love here spoken of is agape love. It's unconditional love. Unconditional love. No matter what happens, no matter what they did, no matter who it is, only God can love completely like that which means it's only God that can even allow us to get a glimpse to be able to operate in even a little bit of that love for others. These gifts, I love this power and sound mind are sandwiched with love in between. So how do we do this? By the grace of God, by the power of his Holy Spirit. And then the last one is a sound mind. That means a little bit about what you think it means. It also means self-control. It also means the ability to discern what is happening through a spiritual lens. It means that when something happens, you can ask this question. Does what is happening or what is being said or how I'm feeling line up with the word of God? You see, a sound mind says that is the first question that I begin to ask. As we walk, as we break the spirit of fear and intimidation. And you can ask ourselves... Am I, am I reacting? Am I reacting with peace or with panic? That was a whole other message we gave back when the prophetic word said that there was, you know, maybe going to be troops in our streets from other countries in November. And we said, so we got to discern these things. And, and what does it look like? And that's just one interpretation of it. Obviously, that didn't happen. I'm not going to go into all those things just yet. I feel like everything is long from being over yet. So God help us all. Amen. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is, okay, what was I saying? Well, what I'm saying is we have to ask this question, am I reacting in peace or am I reacting with panic in the situation? When you are walking with the Holy Spirit and we have broken this fear and intimidation, the power of God allows us to walk with a sound mind in situations, which means we can choose to be able to walk in peace. Guys, this is a journey. We break it, but then we operate in this power, love, and a sound mind. All of these don't just happen always like this. These are things that we grow in. That's a spiritual thing that we grow in day in and day out. Worship team, if you want to come back up here, we'll just play the keys here for me in the background. I believe that as we this morning break the spirit of fear and intimidation that we will begin to walk through situations with clarity 
with peace. I would encourage each and every one of you to just, can you stop for a second when something comes at you? Just stop for a second and ask the Lord, what is this? Where is this from? Who is it from? And begin to discern, asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, help me with this situation. Many of us will begin to react right away. Oh, Lord, help me. I think, the, I think the comment in the house was, Jason, you got more drama in your pinky finger than this entire series that we're watching on Amazon Prime. That's a pretty dramatic series. Y'all going to ask me afterwards, what are you watching? Can't tell you. Actually, I can tell you. It's, what is it called? It's called Poldark. <laughs> it's romantic. But there's, okay, there's a lot of drama in the series. And what they were saying is that there's more, Jason, you got more drama. Because a lot of times I personally will react to things, whoo, like zero to a hundred, like right now. So I'm working on this with you guys. This is not like, hey, Pastor Jason's got it, hooray for him. We all don't. No, no, I don't have it yet. This is a process, it's a journey. But what I had to do is I had to go back first and break the beginning of that scripture, which was break the spirit of fear and intimidation in my life. And I did that a couple months back. Specific, actually, a John Bevere is a great series on this called, I think it's called Breaking Intimidation. You should, you should watch it. Yeah, the book is good. So if you guys struggle with this, I encourage that resource. Message International, you can go, go, go grab it and take a look at it for Christmas or whatever. Buy yourself a Christmas gift. You don't always send that to someone else or anything, but just that's a Christmas gift for yourself sometimes. But see, it's given us the power over confusion. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Are we reacting in peace in the situation? He's the author of the peace, not the confusion. As in all the churches of the saints. That's us, church. Over our thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The verse we just looked at. You've got to pull the stronghold down to get to the sound mind. You have to pull the stronghold down to get to the dunamis power in your life. You have to pull the stronghold down to get to agape love in your life. To have that sound mind. You have to pull down the stronghold that the enemy has. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of God. Christ. Back to Jesus. So close your eyes with me this morning. I want to pray for us this morning. As the Spirit leads, I want to pray that the spirit of intimidation and fear is broken in our lives. You guys need to be receiving this. Be in agreement with me of this. Because I want each of us to walk with the God-given power and love 
and of a sound mind. Not just in 2020, but in every year moving forward for as long as the Lord tarries. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And we take authority by the name of Jesus Christ over the spirit of intimidation and fear in our lives and we tell it to go now in Jesus' name. We break its chain in Jesus' name. We break its stronghold in Jesus' name. Your word says that whatever we bind up will be bound up. So we bind up this spirit and we cast it out in Jesus' name. Out of our lives. And Father, we receive from you the beautiful gifts of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Father, that we can walk in peace no matter the situation, no matter the struggle, no matter what's going on. And we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Honey, if you want to come up here as we begin to close out. I'd like to do one other thing here this morning. And we're going to have some prayer teams up here that can pray for you. But if anybody has any sickness in their body, I just want you to raise your hand up. And I just want to pray for that this morning. We already prayed for someone who had some pain and sickness in their body. We want to pray for that. Just raise your hand up so I can see it. If there's anybody online, get your hand up, up line, online as well. I want to pray for healing. And then in a minute, I'm just going to ask you if, if each and every one of you has made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And I keep hearing the word, the word spleen this morning. So I don't know if it's somebody here or somebody online who is struggling or has a problem with their spleen specifically. We're going to pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your healing touch. We thank you for your power, your dunamis power. Father, we thank you for your healing power in our bodies. And Father, we ask for your health and wholeness in each body here today. For those watching online, specifically we ask for that issue with a spleen. Father God, that you would heal it miraculously that you would do its thing, that that spleen would operate as it's intended to operate. And Father, I thank you for the proper flow of blood and of nervous systems through hearts, through livers, through kidneys, through appendices, through gallbladders, perfectly as you designed them to be. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, guys, I want to do this prayer team. If you guys could come up here. If you've never, never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you've never made that decision and you feel something pulling on you this morning that says, I need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, I want you to come up here this morning. We're going to close here in just a minute. I want you to come up here and see one of these two prayer teams or I'll be here in the center here, just come up to us. I want to pray with you. Your life will never be the same. Doesn't mean it's all going to be easy moving forward. 
But you see, Jesus, who came as a baby, and we celebrate that here in a little bit, grew up perfect, lived a sinless life, and paid the ultimate price that only he could pay. Complete sacrifice for me and for you. And what he asks of us is to believe in our hearts, to confess with our mouths, and make him Savior and Lord of our lives. And it's an easy prayer to do, but it's a whole other thing walking it out. And that's what we're here for as a church. That's what we're here for together. One reaching one to help each person walk through those things in their lives. What I find remarkable in this teaching is specifically, um, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. And my question for every sermon I ever listen to is how. I just sit there and I say, okay, how? Tell me what to do, but tell me how. And thankfully it tells me how. Through the laying on of hands. Through the laying on of hands. I was in church... I've been faithfully in church for 22 years, and I'm telling you that there was a marked difference in the in the amount of power, love, and a sound mind I was operating in when I stopped begging God for it and began operating in it. When I began putting my hands on others and calling upon the name of the Lord, power, love, and a sound mind began to flow in my life in greater measure. If you're waiting to feel qualified, if you're waiting to feel powerful, if you're waiting to feel love for someone, before you minister to them, it's never going to happen that way. It's never going to happen that way. I have, I struggle to like people a lot of the time, let alone love them. But that's why I thank God for his gift. It's his power. Liz without God is no good at all. Can't do anything. But when I began to lay hands on people at Wegmans, you know, even so much as just paying attention to when someone needed help, I can reach that for you. I can reach, is there anything else I can do for you? That is ministry. It's ministry. And then, oh, I mean, it stirs up the gift that God has given. We cannot walk as Christians in little dead seas where we are looking to receive and to receive and to receive. We have to begin to open the floodgates of, of, of ministry through the laying on of hands. So I challenge you and I encourage you, come up. If you don't have people praying for you, come up and have people lay hands on you. We'll lay hands on you. And you can lay hands right back on us. We need prayer. All the time. So many times I love this. He'll just be doing his thing and I will just go up and say, pray for me. And he'll start and I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, like this. I mean, I just take his hand, just put it right on my head because I need the full Monty. I need the full business. Lay your hands on me and pray for me. So I challenge you this week, church, every single one of you, come back here next Sunday knowing who did I lay hands on this week in prayer? Who did I minister to? so that I could stir up the gifts that God has placed in me. Amen. Amen. Sounds Amen. countercultural to me. <laughs> Especially it sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> right? It sounds uncomfortable, but I'll tell you, God will meet you where you are and who Amen. you are. 
You don't have to be loud about it. It doesn't have to be a loud thing. It doesn't have to be a bold thing. I can't tell you how many people, oh, Liz, you're so bold. You do not know. <laughs> you do not know how much of a work. I mean, you said this this morning too. How much of a work of God and anointing this is for us. So he, he, will, he will use you in ministry. He'll use you in the way that you were created to be used. So I'm going to read this benediction to you guys. If you need prayer at all, come up front and we'll pray with you guys, whether it's continued agreement of breaking that intimidation or healing or salvation, like I said earlier, we'll be up here. Let me just read this over to you as you go out of 2 Peter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world through lust. Father, we thank you. We go forth from this place, one reaching one. Thank you, Father, for breaking that intimidation in our lives and the flow of power and of love and of a sound mind for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed.